What's going on, everybody? Dr. Philip Fletcher. Welcome to the Humanity Matters broadcast, where we discuss and reflect on theology, philosophy, leadership, and nonprofits. We're continuing our series, Meet the Candidates, a discussion on poverty in Arkansas. We want to thank Round Mountain Coffee for the opportunity to host these discussions. Today, we have with us Spencer Hawks, who is running for Arkansas State Representative in District 70. How are you doing, Spencer? Doing well, Dr. Fletcher. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Good. Uh, politicians play a critical role in either creating barriers or tearing down barriers for the persons they represent. In essence, politicians are persons who have been granted the opportunity to address life in which Newsbaum describes as being, quote, entrenched with social injustice and inequality, unquote. There are a diversity of perspectives on how best a society can assist persons in poverty, creating opportunities for men and women to exercise their capabilities, improving themselves and others. It is important the poor in our society have concerns addressed in a loving, civil, and nonviolent manner. And so for us to move forward, we have to work together in love, for the good of each other. So, uh, Spencer, will you just provide us a backstory about yourself, where sure. you're from, and all that good stuff? Uh, so, I'm from here, uh, right here in Conway, Arkansas. I'm four generations here. Okay. Um, that I know I may even go back farther than that, but I know we've got four generations, and, you know, uh, the Lord has blessed my family uh, living here in Conway. And one thing that I always uh, learned growing up is you don't forget where you come from. And you invest in those people that have invested in you. And uh, I'm just looking forward to the opportunity to getting down to the state legislature and uh, and helping these folks out uh, here in, in Conway and Central Arkansas. All right. So why are you running for office? Well, again, you know, um, I think that we have uh, certain needs in Central Arkansas. And I think that there are, as you have said, uh, people all across the board that are uh, wanting to be heard and uh you know, I talked to my wife a little bit before we decided to run. I've, I've learned in eight years of marriage, yeah. Um, yeah, and I've got some stories on that. And there's a learning curve whenever yeah. you get uh, into the marriage round. I've right. been married for eight years now. Okay. Uh, and I talked to her, and she she's really got a put-up or shut-up attitude. She said, I'm not going to listen to you complain about things okay. unless you're going to get in there and get them done. And uh and so, I, and I also want to make a promise to the people. I got her on my back to make sure that I get in there and I get things done right. as well. All right, that's good. That's good. Uh, so, uh, offer us your definition of poverty. You know, um, I think that that's a great question, and I've had the opportunity to watch um, a lot of these interviews, mm-hmm. and um, I think that one thing that we can do when we try to analyze poverty or discuss poverty. As we look at numbers, we look at, you know, 50% of the students at Conway High or greater are on free or reduced lunches. Yeah. We look at um, household incomes, and we try to use those numbers. And I think that those numbers are good as indicators, but in the end, we have to realize that poverty is a real issue for individuals. And while those numbers may be good indicators, that they're not um, an all-in-all uh statement about what poverty is and i want to give you two stories two examples about people who've been affected that that i know um concerning uh poverty related legislation and so the first one involves uh, somebody who was a self-employed person um right when obamacare rolled out and uh they knew that they were supposed to have insurance because it was a mandate at that point so they 
They followed the law and they had their private insurance. Um, now, as some self-employed people do from time to time, they took a loss on a on their business for that, that year. Okay. And um, they kept on. I mean, it didn't affect them any. They were okay. Uh, but then at the end of that year, uh, they get a call, and it said, sir, we just want to let you know that you're going to have to pay a fine um, per your insurance at the end of the year. And uh, they were kind of befuzzled because they said, well, I, I did the insurance. I did what you told me to do. And they said, well, you filed a loss last year, and so we enrolled you in this other program. And because you kept your insurance up and you were subsidized over here, you have to pay that subsidy back. And so just looking at the numbers, he was thrown into that program, unbeknownst to him. And, uh, you know, I think that that's where those numbers – did injustice, I would even say to the taxpayers of Arkansas, because they didn't need to be in that system when it was subsidized. And then I want to tell you one other story. And um, this one is uh, a little more disheartening. Okay. So being in real estate, I've been in real estate and I'm a broker. Uh, I've been in real estate for five years. I was in education before that. Okay. Um, I have a friend who's a young lady, mother of two. Some years ago, they bought their first home, and it was a great moment for them. Her, her husband had a stable job, steady income, and then uh, when the oil and gas left Arkansas, he lost his job. Well, because of that, they could not make the payments on their home. Okay. And because she was not willing to go into foreclosure because she could not sell her home, she could not receive the benefits that she needed to give food to her kids. Now, fortunately, her church family and others around her surrounded her and helped her out, um, which, you know, we are blessed to live in Central Arkansas with the community uh, that we have. But that's not right for, you know, you look at the tale of those two stories there, and you've got one guy who's getting benefits that doesn't need it, and you've got a mother with two kids who can't make ends meet. And, and so I, I think that that's the danger whenever we get uh, to defining poverty by looking just at these numbers um, that, you know, it really is an individual basis on uh, who is struggling and what those needs are. And even though the statistics may say that he qualifies for this and statistics may say that uh, she didn't qualify for that, we know uh, in the end that, it, that it's an individual, an individual matter. Well, thank you very much. Uh, once again, we are here at Round Mountain Coffee uh, for the Humanity Matters broadcast. Meet the candidates. Today we have Spencer Hawks, who is running for Arkansas State Rep, District 70. Uh, Spencer, what uh, describe what is District 70? What does that cover? Sure. So easy easy definition, and there's probably going to be some people out of these lines that are still in. Um, take Irby, and you go south all the way uh, to the bottoms. You take Donaghy, and you go west all the way over the river into Bigelow. Um, there is a little cutout that my friend, uh, Representative Stephen Meeks has um, over there in West Conway. But that, those are pretty much the, the general lines there, Donaghy and West, Irby and South. Okay. Um, so what is the role of government in addressing poverty in the state of Arkansas? Well, I think, you know, just from those two stories that um, I've discussed, and, you know, something that I always tell folks is, well, do you want me to answer that question ideologically or do you want me to answer that question pragmatically? 
Because ideologically, um, you know, you can look at it and say, uh, well, it really needs to be on as low as level as possible. And I, I really believe that pragmatically as well because of the two situations that I was just discussing. Um, pragmatically, I think that we see the government is already involved in this. And um, there's quite the bureaucracy. And uh, so what I think about it and what it is are, are two different things. And I think that whoever is down there, we need to look at what we've got and how we can best uh, help those people now that, that have those needs. Okay. So uh, how you talked about personal experiences, stories you've heard, persons in poverty, and I appreciate uh, you humanizing uh, the situation. A lot of times you're right. We can get stuff on numbers, right, and forget that those numbers are actually faces and people with lives and experiences. And in, in doing so, it, it gives us a, a better sense, I think, of how we should uh, address the issue, right? Um, so looking at District 70, uh, how are you seeing poverty impact the area that you want to represent? Sure. Well, I mean, and I think that... Uh, <laughs> Knowing this through, and uh, disclaimer, I've served on, on your board, and I, I've seen um, how poverty impacts Conway uh, through that and through different ministries I've been involved with. Um, you know, I think that one thing uh, that we see here in Conway um, is we have uh, changing uh, economic situations with, you know, again, the gas companies when they pulled out. We have a lot of big companies here that we have to uh, be ready to absorb at any time uh, a large number of folks in the workforce who may not be employed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and while that may be temporary, temporary, um, we, we have to be ready for that here in Conway. Um, I think another thing that we see uh, with the college institutions is um, being able to uh, enable folks, and hopefully we can get into this more later, um, retrain themselves, get education that they need um, here in Conway uh, whenever that time comes. So uh, let's talk about, you know, you go to the legislature. Uh, One of the big things that's been going on in Arkansas, uh, one of the first in the nation just enacted uh, work requirements in regards to health care. Give us your thoughts on that because now uh, persons who maintain those benefits uh, you know, they have to work so many hours or volunteer or be in some type of, of skills training. Is uh, that the best approach? Uh, would you recommend to the governor something different? Uh, give us your thoughts on that. You know, uh, and again, this is kind of where you'd say pragmatically and ideologically. Um, as a state, we were handed certain requirements that we could do things, and I think that Arkansas Works is a great program. I think that there are always things that we need to be doing to make sure that um, it is efficient, not just for the taxpayer, but for the recipient of the benefits as well. Uh, but I think the governor has done a wonderful job with, with this program. Okay. All right. Okay. And so let's look at uh, homelessness here in uh, Conway and Farmer County. Uh, most recent estimates, about 20, 221 persons are homeless. Um, as a state representative, um, how could you assist uh, Faulkner County and, you know, the cities that's within the counties, within the county, how could you be a, an asset to help address homelessness in, in our county? Right. Well, so I've got uh, three points here, okay. and I want to make sure that I get them in. It, 
some some time, and so I'll just go ahead and address those now. And I think that first of all, um, education we have to educate our young people um, about debt, about finances, about life after their high school graduation or their GED. Um, I think that we need uh, to utilize our retraining centers. Um, I think that we have got folks who have great skills and great capabilities here at Central Arkansas that have fallen upon hard times because a job has left them. They didn't leave their job. And we have to be ready to to provide them with that training. And I think that um, we have a lot of great uh, opportunities here uh, to do that. Uh, Secondly, uh, justice reform. We have to address justice reform in our state. Um, We have folks who have done things that they regret early on, and it keeps them from uh, getting the job that they need or that they're fully capable of doing later on in life. Um, I think what uh, Congressman Hill said about being able to retrain uh, folks before they leave the system and making sure that they get where they need to be before they leave the system, uh, because I think so often we see them when they leave um where they're at, and they, they try to change their life. We've set up a, an uphill battle for them, and, and we see them returning in into our prison system, and we need to do something to stop that. And, and lastly, and I think probably more importantly, uh, one of the most important ones is mental health. We have to uh, take care of those with mental health needs in our state. We have folks who are homeless. We have folks who are in our jails that don't belong in our jails because of mental health issues. We have to uh, look at those, and we have to address those uh, also. Okay. So looking at uh, justice reform, um, so so what would that look like? You referenced Congressman French Hill, uh, and he described it as ending up in poverty, that there are persons who make choices uh, that put them in the uh, criminal justice system, right? And then they got to come out. Uh, then they're, you know, two, three steps behind, right? And so as a state representative, uh, what changes would you propose in order to address, you know, men and women uh, who are coming out of, you know, incarceration, uh, but then coming out of incarceration because of a series of barriers, they end up, you know, homeless, they end up uh, on the street again, they end up uh, without the opportunity to work. What, what, what solutions would you propose? For sure. To say that. And again, you've got to be careful not to paint with too broad a brush because, again, these are individuals who have individual uh, issues or, or problems uh, that they need to uh, have help with. Yeah. And I think one thing that we uh, not could be doing but should be doing is enabling our nonprofits to get in there and to know these people as individuals Something that government bureaucracy can't do. Government bureaucracy is at a thousand foot up, mm-hmm. and it's tough to identify a person when you're that that far up. So, what can we do? Well, I think that we can enable uh, groups uh, like Coho. I think we can enable uh, other groups in, in the area uh, that we have. You know, uh, Judge Braswell is doing a great job. I know that Congressman Hill mentioned him. Um, as well, and of course, that's on the front end of things. But I think that's really, you know, we can look again and, and to touch back on the education piece that I said before. You know, we can continue putting band aids on poverty, but until we stop the the falling, the tripping, and all that that's creating these cuts and bruises in people's lives, 
we're going to continue doing this, and uh, it's really inefficient. So if we could tackle these on the front end, like I, I believe Judge Braswell is doing, um, I think that that's what we need to be looking at uh, more than anything. Okay. So uh, education, let's talk about uh, wages. How can uh, wages be improved for persons in low-income situations so that they can continue to move up the, the economic ladder? What role does the state legislation play in that? Sure. Um, so, I mean, as far as, and I guess your actual question is something about increasing the minimum wage. No, I'm not, you know, that's, uh, that is a solution um, uh, that has been proposed uh, by some. You know, you've got the $15 movement that's around in some areas of the nation. Uh, there's other proposals as well um, that doesn't, I guess you say, mandate businesses make $15, you know, make them pay their employees $15 an hour. Uh, but just more broadly, you know, uh, what role does the legislation play in seeing that people can make more money uh, you know, as individuals? Sure. Yeah. I think probably the best and most effective way that we could do something down at the state house is that we can make sure that Conway is continuing to provide jobs and competition for jobs, which is going to raise uh, those rates and not artificially. Okay. Um, that's what always scares me is whenever we put artificial rises um, in income, which, you know, could create a whole uh, bunch of mess as far as uh, inflation. It could create, uh, you know, even uh, less jobs available. We see technology coming in and yeah. taking jobs yeah. every day, and that's because um, those expenses and costs are real to the employer and, uh, so, you know, I think what the legislature can do is that we can continue creating com- competitive business atmospheres. Okay. And, again, I think Conway is prime for that. I think that Central Arkansas is a place that's desirable for businesses to come, and we need to keep facilitating that here. And that, that's the best way I think that we can handle that okay. situation. Good. Uh, once again, my name is Dr. Philip Fletcher, and we are at the Humanity Matters Meet the Candidates broadcast. We have with us today Spencer Hawks, who is running for Arkansas State Rep District 70. And if you have a question, uh, you can chime in on our Facebook Live uh, from Marie. Uh, maybe you can clarify your question, Marie. Uh, you asked, does this apply to people with disabilities? Um, if you can clarify uh, what does this, uh, what are you specifically asking and about single moms with children? And so she may be referencing the question about uh, the governor, uh, well, about. Arkansas works is okay. probably what okay. she's referencing. And Marie, please correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, again, that's where we've got to see, uh, I guess, the humanity in all of this and uh, that uh, we need to make it accessible. We need to make, obviously, this accessible to anybody that needs it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and I, as far as the disabilities, you know, if we have folks with legitimate disabilities who cannot work or cannot function at a certain level, um, we've got to make sure that they are taken care of. Um, and then as far as the mothers with children, I think that, you know, again, we're looking back at education and are there educational opportunities available for those children uh, as well? You know, I don't, that's not just a health care issue. I think that that's a, an education issue that I'd like to discuss uh, at some other point. Okay, good. Uh, so, looking at uh, previous 
legislatures and even the current one evaluate their efforts in addressing poverty in Arkansas? What would you give them? Would you give them an A? Would you give them a C? You know, flunk? You know, evaluate their efforts. Well, you know, I mean, that's tough to do. I mean, you can look at congressional approval ratings, which I'm not running for Congress, thankfully. Um, and, you know, you could look at approval ratings across the board. And um, if we went off those ratings, you would say, well, you know, people aren't very impressed with anything that anybody's doing in government. Um, but, I, you know, I think that when you get elected down there, and I have, whether you're Democrat or Republican, I think that people go down there with the right heart. Mm-hmm. They may have different ways to get to a certain end. And, and they are working hard to try to create solutions to all of your concerns, just, just as I will do myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the fact of the matter is, is it's a changing dynamic every day. Um, we don't control what businesses do. We don't control uh, those folks who have mental health issues. There's so much out there that we don't control. We deal with it um, in the time that it comes. And, uh, you know, I think that they, they've done a good job with their heart, but there's always better that we can do, and that's what I believe we should strive to do. And um, that's what I'm hoping that you uh, guys on the other end of this monitor here are going to keep me accountable to keep doing the right things and keep going in the right direction. Okay, that's good. So um, consider your area of desired representation, you know, the 70th uh, district. Um, what solutions do you propose uh, to address poverty here in Faulkner County? Sure. Well, I mean, let me reiterate. Yeah. Education, okay. justice reform, and mental health. Okay. The, those three areas are areas that we must focus on here in Arkansas. You know, and uh, I like to tell stories about people because this is what has impacted me most and uh, created the desire for me to run, but you know, I'm selling a house right now to a couple of first-time home buyers, right. and um, you know, obviously they're asking a lot of questions, and you know, they say, "Well, we didn't get this education when we were in school. We didn't learn about interest and debt, and we didn't have that opportunity." And I think that that's something that you know, and maybe before people were taught that in their homes. Um, but whatever the case, I don't think that they're being taught to the level that they uh, need to be now. And we have to start um, teaching our, our kids and uh, about debt and life and, you know, what you could get into if you're not careful. Um, I think student loan debt is another thing that, you know, uh, we have to start teaching kids about, you know, spending $400,000 on a degree that there's no jobs for is probably not the best way to start life. Um, so I think that there needs to be a lot of education going into that. Um, and again, with justice reform, we've spoken about that in mental health. Um, we must start getting uh, folks who have mental health needs um, the items that they need or get them where they need to be. Okay. All right, good. So uh, offer some uh, concluding thoughts regarding uh, poverty, and then just you running in general. Uh, I give you the open floor and uh, talk to people. So I think that as we conclude today, I just hope that people know that um, my thoughts on poverty are that it is a real issue. It's a personal issue. 
It's an issue that's tough to govern at a thousand feet. We need to enable our nonprofits, enable our churches to do the best that they can do to reach out to these folks. Meanwhile, we have to revamp existing systems that we have to uh, continually work with these folks. Um, we need to um, use the existing system that we have to uh, enable folks not just to survive, but to thrive and to get off government assistance. Um, but ultimately, I think that we, we have to enable our churches and our nonprofits who are down there um, on the ground level doing, doing good work. Thank you very much, Mr. Jones. Thank you very much, yeah, Dr. Thank you, thank, you, thank you. Once again, uh, next Friday, August 17th at 1.30, we'll be sitting down with Governor Asa Hutchinson, who is running for re-election as governor for Arkansas. We'll be down in Little Rock for that. Uh, this has been Humanity Matters, a resource of the City of Hope Outreach, discussing and reflecting on theology, philosophy, leadership, and nonprofits. For more information, you can visit our website, coho58.org. Like us on YouTube, Humanity Matters. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Finally, if we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible. Everybody take care. God bless you.